0: Good Tuesday, everyone. Welcome to the Volquest.com podcast, presented by our good friends at Blue Water Climate Control. Been talking to you about Blue Water Climate Control for a while. They've been a great sponsor of the podcast, great friend of Volquest.com. One should be sure check them out for whatever need you have for your air conditioning unit, particularly right now when the heat index is where it's at and the units running as hard as it is. If you need any kind of repair, they're the crew that can take care of it because they're going to do the right repair the right way the first time with a group of trained experts who know what to do going to service your needs exactly the way you need them. Uh, so give them a call, check out Jeremy and, and his staff at blue water climate control online at bluewaterclimatecontrol.com or always, you can give them a buzz and uh, set up your appointment that way. If you don't want to do it online, you can call them at eight, six, five, two, nine, nine, two, two, nine, zero. That's our good friends at blue water climate control, plenty to get to in this podcast. And as we, um, Look at the month of June and sort of how it has shaped out across the board in the month of June in recruiting. Uh, plenty going on. Rob, let's start with you a little bit with some basketball recruiting here. We'll hit that first. Uh, Rick Barnes has had a bunch of guys on, on campus and uh, up until the midnight hour, I guess, uh, for the dead period, they were working the recruiting trail as well. Your assessment on what Rick Barnes and the staff have gotten done in recruiting uh, this month?
1: I mean, just I mean, no commitments, and I didn't expect any at all. I mean, be clear about that. But I think the people – the guys that they brought in shows you what their board looks like at the top, and it's it's heavy with big-time talent. I mean, they only brought one kid in, um, Deontay Green last week, that was not a, a five-star prospect – or excuse me, a top 100 prospect. They had two top 20 kids on campus, Brandon Miller, um, in-state forward – from Nashville and Kassan um, Wallace, the guard from Dallas, two guys just right outside five-star status, number thirty-one and thirty-two in our in our rankings, and um, Jalen Hood-Shafano or Shafino, and uh, Dylan Mitchell, who's finishing up his visit Monday night, <clears throat> and uh, obviously BJ Edwards. I think from that group, I think BJ is probably the only one that's really close to deciding. I think it was big for Tennessee that he was here with Dylan Mitchell this weekend Mitchell's a really Mitchell's a lot like Mitchell and Brandon Miller are a lot of like really versatile six seven six eight guys that that are forwards but can you know, get out in transition can, can put the ball on the floor can shoot a little bit and um so I think getting BJ here with him was was a good move for Tennessee I don't think Brandon Miller is very close to making a decision but when he does decide I think Tennessee's going to be firmly in the mix you know top top three top five um like where they are with, with Kasan Wallace, and that sounds odd to say since he's from Texas and there's not an obvious tie there. And you got Baylor that just won a national title. You get Chris Beard at at Texas now, who played for a national title when he was at, T- at Texas Tech. But um, keep hearing that, that he's he wants to leave the state, wants to get out and stretch his wings a little bit. And he has a and he's known assistant coach Rod Clark since um, he was in eighth grade. So, so Tennessee had a lot of talent on, on campus, and they weren't just for show visits. I mean, I think these are guys that that are serious about Tennessee with their interest in and Tennessee is, is very serious about them. Now I'm not saying that some new names won't emerge. Um, and, and there were some, some big guys that they didn't get on campus. And when, when another French prospect, Johan Treor, and I may have botched that last name, but I, I felt like I said it with confidence. I like uh, it. I like so it. Obviously Mike, Sh- my, obviously Mike Schwartz has got some ties to, to, um, you know, French basketball that Tennessee has used a couple times now over the years. Um, he's wanted to keep an eye on for, for sure for Tennessee getting getting involved with the big kid I mentioned in the war room a few weeks back, Dom Campbell, from way up in the northeast, is a guy that Tennessee has already offered, but we'll see if that see if that offer stands after they evaluate him in July. And that's kind of my last point. I think most most of their the, probably 75, 80% of the, the guys are, are real serious targets. At this time, I think we're on campus in June, but don't rule out, you know, some new guys popping on that list in July when coaches get out. I mean, they've, they've been out to a couple of, of like high state high school association run events, but it will really be back wide open in, in July with the, the travel travel ball and the shoe companies. And so it wouldn't surprise me to see, you know, a new name or two pop up. All right. Last thing on, ba- on basketball recruiting I want to ask you
0: about is how big is – is Keon if Keon Johnson goes and say the top 10 of the draft is that does that have an immediate impact or does that have a real impact in recruiting Rob or does Rick Barnes have enough of that that that, that doesn't carry the weight that it would with say a young coach who's got his first top 10 draft pick you know what I'm saying I mean that does it does it carry that that type of weight or is it kind of like yeah that's Rick Barnes with another big time prospect
1: well I mean I think it's and I don't want to overstate it, but I think it helps for sure. I mean, cause you've shown, you can take the, the blue collar hardworking kids that were under the radar, like Admiral and, and grant and, and help get them big paydays. But then, you know, this year they, they showed that they can also take the guy. And, and really this time last year, nobody thought Keon was, was one of die. Maybe the coaches did after they'd seen him in, in June in, in, in workouts, but, um, but Jaden was, you know, the guy that was expected to be one and done. So I think when you show parents and prospects that, yeah, you can – you're not going to mess kids up. I mean, they can, you, they can come here and if they, you're not going to derail them from being a one and done guy. And in Keon's case, I mean, like, Keon gets most of the credit for being a freak athlete. Rick has nothing to do with him having a 48-inch vertical leap. <laughs> but they also didn't stunt their development. I mean, they helped them, I think, take another step and get there. So, yeah, I mean, I, I think it's important to, to show kids that, you know, it's been a while. Who was the last guy, I mean, it's been seven years since Frick was at Texas and had a draft pick. So, you know, a 17, 18 year old kids, not going to have a lot of recollection of who was the last one, I guess maybe miles Turner that, that was one and done for, for Texas. So, I mean, yeah, I, I think it it enhances your reputation. And I, I think makes you more attractive because I mean, Brandon Miller, probably a one and done guy. Cause Wallace will have a chance to be a one-and-done guy. So I think, you know, they're going to be eyeballing programs where, you know, that, that's possible for me. They, they've right. done it.
0: All right, my last hoop question for you. The Scovey's going to go to the, I guess, the Olympic trials for, um, for, for his country to try to make the Olympics. Obviously, you know, you're not going to derail anyone from doing that. Does it mess up anything with chemistry with him, with the turnover in the backcourt, the turnover that you're having, or do you think the summertime stuff there is – it's not that not that big of a deal.
1: I mean, I think it would be better for Tennessee and, and for, for at Tennessee, if he was here this summer, with, with his, especially with as many new pieces if you have, as you have coming in that are going to be contributors. Huntley Hatfield, Justin Powell, Kennedy Chandler, Jonas, I do. I mean, all these guys are going to play, but at the same time. I it's mean, the Olympics. The chance to you, be on the Olympics. If team. you get the chance to do that, you do it. Yeah. and, and
2: he, he, Here's why I don't think it's as big a deal, Rob. He, the kid literally walked in in January. <laughs> And, and two years ago, and, and and jumped into the the middle of a season. And I know that season got, you know, was what it was. But I mean, like, you know, I don't, I don't, th- I think the kid just has a personality that everybody enjoys. Don't, do you not agree with that? Like, I mean, I just think that he's he's one that can jump in and and having not played with people and, and yeah. be okay. I mean I don't, like I said, I don't want to
1: overstate it. I'm just saying it would be better for Tennessee if he was here for, you know, that time and, and instead of playing for Uruguay. But again, you don't fault the kid. And I'm sure Rick Mars doesn't fault the kid. If you get a chance to represent, represent your country and, and play in the Olympics, you do it. I mean, it's, it's a once in a lifetime deal. Yeah, certainly. And so we'll we wish him
0: the best. We'll see what happens as he uh, continues to try to, to work his way to make the Olympic team. Um, you mentioned basketball wrapping up its official visitors. Um, Tennessee is wrapped up on the football side, of Austin, uh, the hectic, crazy month of June that has everybody wanting hours upon hours of sleep if you're involved in football with the way that it's gone give give everybody an overall broad view a, a 28 30 day view of what you think Tennessee got done during you know during this month of June when things opened back up and is as wild as it was what, what's your biggest takeaway maybe the better way to ask it your biggest takeaway from Tennessee's 28 days of work 29 days of work
2: I think camp wise um, can be a lot better, um, but I think as far as unofficial visitors and official visitors, I thought Tennessee had a really good month. You know, they got a ton of kids in here for unofficial visits. Um, they got you know a, a nice group of, unoffic- of official visitors here over the course of the month. Now you can argue should they have waited on some of them, maybe, but I mean I don't think you're really in a position to to dictate that very much because you don't have any kind of on the field presence, Brent. So, until you can play games and stuff, it kind of is what it is. And, uh, you know, so, I mean, like, I think you look at it differently. Like, you know, I mean, like, they had a bunch of camps, probably too many for the number of kids that were here. Um, but do I think that they, they had a solid month of recruiting? I do, because I think that they got a, several kids here unofficially um, that they were able to come see, you know, this football program. Kids that I think Tennessee has a good, solid shot at. Kids that. I think they've improved their standing with and then other kids, even like a guy like Branson Robinson, you know, Tennessee's chances to get him, you know, to me are far fetched. I mean, I just think he's likely to end up at Alabama or Georgia history tells you that, but I think for Tennessee, anytime you can get a five-star on campus for an official visit, it's good for the look of the program and, and, and to be in the mix for, you know, a kid like that. So, you know, I, I thought it was a good solid month. Can it be better? Yes. Will it be better? Yes. Um, but, you know, for their first kind of go with this, I thought they improved every week with the official visits doing, you know, this and that, they improved little things. And and I think they will only get better from here.
0: Well, and I, mean, I think there's Rob that al- there's always that debate on when do you bring a kid in for a visit? And I don't, I don't have the full list in front of me, Austin, you may have it. You may be able to jump in on this a- after a- as well, but, I think of probably of the guys that they visited, I, I would think there's more than half of those guys are going to be off the board before September one hits and, and you have a chance to visit again. So, I mean, I, I don't, it's hard to sit here and say you shouldn't have, and I'm not, Austin's not saying this, but I know some people have said, you know, wasted visits or what are you doing here? But I mean, th- this, for a lot of those kids, this was going to be your only shot because they were going to be off the board come September one, and not give you a chance to, to, to come in for an official visit. So I, I don't I don't know that you had a ton of choice, uh, particularly given the number of visits you had to play with. I mean, it's hard to sit there and go, hey, we're going to try to push you back to, to October November, um, but because I'm not sure how many kids were going to wait till that period of time. Because I, I think kids are wanting to make decisions this summer more than ever before. Yeah. We, well, they are. And, and, well, just I, I don't and, understand. And they, 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 go
1: ahead, AP.
2: I was just going to say that they are because you know that's the it thing, like the it thing to do. Like I, I we said this last week, Caden Curry going to take all of his official visits this season. He is the exception. The rule with this current group of kids is take all your officials in the summer, or most of them come to a decision at some point. during June or July, you know, or and so if you look at all guys Tennessee brought in. Addison Nichols is going to be off the board before his high school football season. Ryan Brubaker's coming off the board July 4th. And, of course, Tennessee's not really a factor there. Um, T- Mo Clipper, I think, will do something before, before September. Um, you know, you, you go right down the list, the Ryan Bayer kid who did not come in but, you know, was going to, I think does, makes a decision before then. Um, Marcorius Squirrel White going to make a decision sometime in the month of July. I mean, you can go right down the list. And they're all coming off the board at some point, either between now and mid August, because all these kids want to get a decision done and get their spot before their senior year. Oh, what do you, I mean,
1: what do you think that, that is? And when did it change? I mean, because it, remember back in the day, it was, you know, first off, you couldn't take visits as a junior until just very recently. But, you know, you'd, you'd have five or six or maybe eight official visitors for a big home game. I mean, for Georgia or, you know, Alabama. But, I mean, it was not uncommon, you know, back a million years ago, it was just me and you to sit down on a Sunday afternoon in January and have 12 or 14, you know, kids to to call that had just been in on an an official visit. Well, I mean, those those days are gone.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think a couple things. One, early signing date. Two, um, the fact that they didn't get – kids didn't get to go anywhere a year ago, I think has sped some things up too. And I think thirdly – Uh, and and we've kind of talked about this and sort of dubbed it this way. I just think a lot of kids want to make a reservation, you know, I mean, cover your base because if you're committed somewhere before the start of your senior season, if you get hurt, it's a bad look for a school to cut you. Right. Um, You you know, it's, you you think you're going to be okay there. And um, I I just think that, that kids are looking to secure something. and, And then if something better develops, then, they're okay with with one up in somebody um and, and I think vice versa I think coaches are, are more okay with that you, you don't get near the you don't get near the flack that you used to get if you take a kid in July and, and you trade up in November now if you take the kid in November and you trade up the first week of December you're going to take a lot more heat for that and a lot more flack for that I, I just think kids are trying to to reserve spots and, and to hold their, their reservation. The, the last thing I'll say too, because of the early signing period, you got to take your visits earlier. And, and so you're not going to sit there with five visits at the end of, you know, November, trying to squeeze those in before you sign. So I, I think, I think the early signing day sped up a process that was already on track to be sped up anyway. I, I think that's the biggest difference for me and, and looking at it. Rob,
2: it's just like when I plan a Disney trip. I book a ton of restaurant reservations. And then when we get closer, I dwindle out the ones and call the ones I don't want. You, you pick the best ones. No different. Do you no different. The, do you
0: pick that on like a French fry rating? And, and then like oh, time and like what, what times are available? Oh, oh, you cut oh. out. I mean, how do you, how do you go about the calling process of the restaurant venues in Disney?
2: Oh, hubs! Uh, uh, you know, I expect things from certain best, people. this chicken
1: tenders has definitely got a box next to it to chat.
2: From you, from you, it's just it's just a low blow. Um, <laughs> you know, but I mean, you're right, though. I mean, like it, that's just what it is. I mean, like I, you know, I, I think a year ago, had things opened up, you would have saw so, because everybody if you, remember if you go back when like you know the last staff had that spring run what was the narrative out there from every national analyst there's going to be a run on decommitments this year when you get to november december but there never was and why because those kids never could take visits and people were not going to flip-flop around on schools because they just weren't this year things are open so like i think be there. i think this year might be the year you see the flip-flopping around and a lot of decommitments because kids can actually go out and see things. They're going to book their reservation, as you say, and then when they get to the fall, if something comes along better, they're not going to hesitate. Last year, they hesitated to do that. I don't think kids will hesitate this year.
0: No, I, I agree with that. Here's the other thing where, that's going to happen a year from now, too. I'm not saying it's going to slow down some of the commitments, you know, kids making decisions, but, but June next year is not going to feature 25 or 30 official visitors because you're just not going to have that number of visits to, 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 to go with anyway. And I think, you know, kids are going to take some official visits around, you know, spring practices, you know, they may do some things in April. I don't think you're going to see this rush of, of kids, you know, taking four official visits in the month of June. I mean, and I'm not knocking any kid out there anywhere, but if you want an example and Rob, you know, this, we talked about this, um, on, uh, Sunday night you know an example of of kids being restless and not not having the opportunity to go anywhere the previous year I mean we talked to some kids that Sunday night they had that was their third or fourth college they had seen the weekend not the week the weekend you know saw two on Saturday two on Sunday And, and so I just think this year such a mad rush to get it as much as you could get in because you didn't have the opportunity to do it a year ago i don't think there's any way it will be as hectic and crazy busy as it was this past you know this this past june that's just closing up i don't see how it can be because yeah. you're gonna be able to spread
1: it out and, and however it goes back i mean this is not exactly related but it is kind of related just to show how much things have changed at least since since your ancient self has been in the business, We're, me and you had a, had a long talk with Dwayne Goodrich on, on Sunday night, whose son is a rising sophomore. Who he was, Dwayne brought him to camp, and and I, it was hilarious. Dwayne telling me and you that he didn't even know he didn't even think he was any good till after his junior year because he had you know his his high school coach hadn't given him any of the letters that, that you know he'd gotten. He said he had no no idea you know that Michigan, Notre Dame, Miami, Tennessee, you know Ohio State. We're trying to recruit him, and he found out kind of you know in the spring of his junior year. Went to one camp in the summer, and as he was the number one cornerback prospect in the country. Went to one camp. He went to Michigan, and then took four visits, starting in what like December of his senior yep, year, first week of December of his senior year. <laughs> you know, and,
0: and that's I mean that's I mean obviously it's, that was it's, the you know now now he's got he's got a kid who is going to be a sophomore who has been to uh, only, somewhere 15 times by the yeah. time. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, his, his son's been to just a couple of places cause he's trying to be pretty guarded with him right now, because as he said, you know, he's got to earn a starting spot on the varsity team before he starts thinking about college offers and college scholarships. But I, I mean, it, it's just different. I mean, it, you know, it's, I mean, Tennessee had, um sammy brown in who's a 24 linebacker who is at camp who's a really good looking prospect he'd been to six or seven places this spring he's got an offer from every place he went and and he's going to be a sophomore in in high school so it's just all sped up and it continues to speed up faster and faster Uh, you know but i do think it'll be a little bit slower austin next year because it's going to be spread out over you know, multiple months, whereas this just opened up for essentially 30 days is basically how this thing opened up um, you know, to try to get done. So you're gonna have the opportunity to come on visits in spring next year for spring practice and you know junior days back in you know February. And so there won't be hardly as much of a rush um as there was this past year. I think the one thing everybody in college football is wondering, Austin, is will the NCAA continue to leave the private workout stuff wide open or will they um stymie that or shut that down or alter that in any way i think that's the next big thing in the month of june in the summer months are they going to continue to allow those private workouts are they going to put some kind of legislation in that to try to regulate that a little bit more than it is right now
2: well i, I certainly think that 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 really hampers camp like you know it, would you rather, you know, go out there and go against some guys that, you know, maybe aren't as good as you in a camp setting uh, potentially, or would you rather just take a personal workout from your potential position coach? Uh, and, and if you're one of these coaches, don't you, you know, I, I, what do you think? I see. I would rather see them in a camp setting than the person. Cause like the way I look at it is like, you, you, you know, you do the camp, and then if you like them in camp, then you take them over there and you run a few little extra things after the camp. I mean, like, I, I don't know how you feel, Brent. Just to me, it makes more sense to kind of go back to, you know, camps. And I mean, these schools end up doing personal workouts anyways. But now that these kids can request these personal workouts, it just to me is, is I don't know. It's taken away from the camp experience, um, so to speak, um, at least it did this summer in my opinion
0: yeah i mean i think that i mean to, to to further illustrate your point tennessee had an assistant coach leave camp on sunday he left the camp that was in progress on sunday to go handle the personal workout at the practice field um so that kind of tells you where the personal workout stuff is i, I think rob that one of the things if you're a if you're a position coach one of the things you do like about the personal workouts is you can quickly get to whatever you want to see and and not get, you know, bogged down and and some of the other maybe agility drills, repetitive drills. Like you know, do you really need to see the quarterback go through a bunch of agility drills if you're wanting to see a quarterback throw? Um, you know, same thing for defensive lineman or, or, or you know an offensive lineman. Although I would like those guys in the physical one on one setting, but I think if you're a coach, you can probably get more get the work get more answers you're looking for in a private workout faster than you're going to in in an afternoon of a camp where there's a couple hundred kids there
1: i agree especially when you're talking about you know anybody can show up pay their 40 bucks and go i mean it's it's hard to you know make it make it certain that like the best guys are going against the best guys all the time i mean unless you've got 12 cornerbacks and 12 wide receivers which is never going to be the case. I mean, you're going to have maybe the, you know the first couple of reps. You can have the top two, top two or three kids at those positions going against each other, but that's not going to hold up. You know, over the course of, the, of a ten minute drill. Yep,
0: yeah, certainly not. But the competitive part of it, you know, you can also see that way. Who wants to compete? You that's, know, that, that, is somebody that means... going to the back of the line? Going to the back of the line? You know, um, you can't always see that in a private workout. So, I mean, I think there's pluses and minuses to to both of them, um, which, again, it's going to be interesting to see what the NCAA says, if they're going to regulate that or if they're going to let it keep going, you know, the way it's continued to grow because it's becoming more and more popular for sure, um, w- without any doubt about that.
1: I always thought that was the best – one of the best values of the rivals' camps. I mean, you get kids I – mean, and they had them this year, but it was very you know, limited, not nearly as many. I mean, you could see who wanted to hide. And, you know, when you when you got – you weren't just you know, playing against the best kids in your – on your high school. I mean, you are playing against the best kids from the Atlanta metro area, you know, down to, over in Alabama. I mean, you can – we've been to some, some of those deals where, I mean, there were some dudes there, a lot of them. And uh, you, it, you can see – I think you can learn a lot when, when yeah. you start throwing kids that are, you know, have always been the best in their high school and it's not close into competition with other guys who have always been the best in their high school and it's not close.
0: Yep. I don't disagree with that at all. Um, as for the current football team, a little time off here uh, through the July 4th holiday. If, if they want to, they can go home. If they're in school, they obviously had to remain here. Uh, workouts are voluntary, voluntary this week. Uh, and then they're back at it to start the, the second uh, part or the last month of summer conditioning and, and summer drills there before uh, they get into to fall camp and competition and and all those things there that that take place of course coaches are going to be on vacation it will open back up in recruiting for the last week of july uh i don't think anybody's going to be doing uh i don't think you you cannot do any official visits uh, at that point Uh, it'll just be unofficial visits there won't be any camps i think people might do the barbecue type things or or just kind of the gathering type deals uh, you can do personal workouts then oh you can yes All right. So that's, that's, you can't new, do camps, but no you do camps, personal, just workout. personal okay. workouts. I was yep. not aware of that. So that's a good note there. Cause you may see some kids uh, certainly do that. And, and coaches may want to certainly get that done as well. We've talked a lot about changing in recruiting. Uh, we talked about this in the last, last couple of podcasts, but July 1 is a big date with name image likeness. We saw the Wisconsin quarterback introduce his personal logo uh, on social media on Monday Um, to prepare for his – whatever he's got brewing um, coming up uh, to to start the name, image, likeness. We know Georgia players have a couple of deals in place as well. Um, And talking to a lot of people, guys, uh, on this thing, I I think my biggest takeaway as July 1 approaches is nobody really knows how all of it's going to work. There's just a huge – from all sides, I mean from – business owners, players, coaches, administrators, compliance, NCAA, uh, conference commissioners. There's just going to be this long period of kind of filling things out. What works? What doesn't work? What does a player want to do? What does he not want to do? What's the best way for player X to increase his brand, make more money? How does a business, you know, maximize the dollars if they're going to incorporate, student athletes as a part of their marketing plan Um, how do you regulate it how do you manage it all I mean it's just everybody you talk to you come away with just as many questions as you had when you started the conversation that's my biggest takeaway which means it's going to change college athletics how significantly we think pretty significantly but I don't know how significantly at this point I don't think anybody does
1: I couldn't agree more. I mean, I just, I think, I think it's fascinating. I mean, like Danny White told you, and then, you know, when you, when you sat down with him back in, when was it April that, you know, it's, it's, you know, the biggest challenge I think facing college athletics today. And I don't think it's close. I mean, it's always been ludicrous to suggest that these guys be treated as amateurs when with the revenue that they generate for the universities to ticket sales, TV contracts that are just, Astronomical and growing all the time, and I mean, I'm not. Go- I've got no problem with these kids getting compensated, but how it's going to impact the landscape of college football, I think, is going to be the most interesting off the field thing that that we've seen since I've been doing this ever.
0: Yeah, I, I mean, you know, I was talking to somebody today, and they, they think one of the things Austin that you may see is you may not, ne- you may not necessarily see a corporate logo on the backdrop of a of an interview, but you might see the kid's Instagram handle, his Twitter handle, and in the case of the Wisconsin guy, maybe his logo has to come up anytime he sits down and talks to the media. You know, there's a background with his logo there. Um, you know, just just things like that that could be possibilities. I mean, that's well, and, that's and kind and of I'll, where we're
1: going. And, Huber, I saw your, you mentioned this in the chat about the NCAA trying to police it you know, having deals in place before kids, you know, during the recruiting process. But I mean, how are you going to police that? I mean, really? I mean, I
0: I, I mean, I think if you see that a kid's got a deal with, you know, with school X, that's 800 miles away or 500 miles away, then maybe you got a red flag there that something's going on. But I mean, if, if Zion Williamson had a deal with PepsiCo, you know, and Mountain Dew when he came out in Anderson, South Carolina. I mean, who's who's who knows who was putting that deal together for him? But I mean, what what's what's the red flag there? You know,
1: or what's to what's keep? You know, a kid comes on his his unofficial visit in the spring of his junior year, and whether a coach or a player or whoever lets him know, hey man, if you come here, Corporation X is going to hook you up with a, you know, six figure endorsement deal. You know, I mean, that's how you, how do you police that? I, yeah, I don't, I mean, you can't.
0: Yeah, no, I mean, you can't, I mean, you know, so I, I just think, again, there's a lot of hopes that you're going to be able to try to police something mm-hmm. desire to do that, how it all shakes out, how it all goes is going to be really interesting. I think the other thing too, is Austin, how far it trickles down into the high school ranks can you do a deal with someone who's not a who's who's still a minor you know um is is something that's going to come up at some point uh i mean yeah i mean I, I look at a guy like ty simpson who's already 18 sure you
2: know who, he, who's to sure say enough. that you know you you can't go ahead and get a deal done with him you know i mean you're right i mean like to me there's just a lot of questions to be answered you know and you know it could go several different ways um to where, like, it, it it doesn't change it a ton or it's just, you know, obliterates it. And, it, you know, what we've always known is no more. Which, I mean, I think what we've always known is going to be very, very, very different. But is it – do you see some things that are the
1: same or is it just totally new? AP, it's all going to – all I know is all going to be fun and games on the high school scene until some kid – gets a strikes a deal with pilot and takes money out of Mark, Mark Packer's pocket. <laughs> can,
2: can you only imagine if some kid tells Packer, Hey, look, you got to put my logo up in the, uh, in the
0: uh, post-game interview. <laughs> I mean, you know, uh, again, we don't know how it's all. I mean, our kid's going to get their own TV deals, radio deals, you know, are they going to do their own live streaming stuff? I mean, you, you got, uh, I guess it's Juju Schuster who does this. He goes on a, he goes on some social media app and like plays fans and Madden, and uh, there, there's talk that you might be able to do that, and you know, can you can have a subscriber base of that? You know, can can't you see some fan, some kid who's going to jump in and play, you know, college football EA Sports deal, and you can you can for X amount of dollars you can play him in a game. I mean, just crazy stuff like that. We know sports. the
1: answer to this do we, can they hire representation? Can the families hire somebody?
0: Yeah. I think they're absolutely going to have business managers. I think absolutely. I mean, particularly for the high profile guys. I mean, if this were happening under Trevor Lawrence's watch, Trevor Lawrence would have team Lawrence. I mean, he would have a business manager. He would have a branding expert who would help him manage all of that. And, And I think one, I think one group were, I mean, if you're, if you're a sports agency, and you represent professional athletes, You, I think all of them are going to have a team of however many people who are going to be in charge of being business managers for NIL, for, for name image likeness deals, Austin, because it's the gateway to getting them for professional representation if they're good enough to make it to the NFL. So I think that representation is going to come out of the agent world more than it is anywhere else.
2: Well, I, I think if you're a football program, you've got a to- I mean, look at like now you have like a a guy that handles the recruiting side, a guy that handles transfer side. I mean, like so you almost you have to have all these different uh, pieces, um, so to speak now. So, I mean, you're right. I think that, you know, kids will have that. You know, I mean, we saw guys like, you know, um, you know, Barton Simmons go from, you know, covering recruiting to working in football, you know. Who's to say that I'm not going to run Cade? I'm going to be, I'm going to be, I'm going to be managing Cade by the time we're
0: uh,
1: you know, I'm, off the podcast. i that's not already happening. I figured that was in place. <laughs> Uncle Austin oh, yeah. LLC.
0: I can hear it and I can see it now.
1: That's <laughs> the logo. This? How about this? This just occurred to me. I mean, you have recruiting coordinators, all that. Do the universities hire somebody in the athletic department that solicits advertising opportunities? for players and what, why wouldn't you do that? I mean, well, that'd be I mean an advantage. I,
0: yeah, I mean, I, I think, I think that's certainly possibilities, you know, to help them foster deals and, and to help them educate or to put them in touch w- with people. I mean, if you're trying to police it, right. I mean, you get your, your own in-house person to help do those deals on the up and up, as opposed to somebody outside. I mean, again, I, I think right now, it, it's just some people are going to jump into it immediately, really fast you know, really hot and heavy. And I think you're going to have some people. And when I say people, I mean, student athletes, schools, uh, businesses, corporations who are going to take a bit of a wait and see approach and let it all sort of settle down a little bit before they go. But what we do know is starting on July one, the game is changing in in terms of what, what players and student athletes at the collegiate level can do. And, uh, how dramatically it changes over the course of the next months and years is going to be really, really interesting to watch, and um, going to be change. It's going to evolve. It's not well, how it looks in the month of July is not how it's going to look in December. I can promise you that. What all it evolves into, uh, no one is sure at this point. But that's something to watch and track as we get ready for fall camp. We got plenty of football coverage coming up. Uh, we got some baseball stuff coming up um, position previews will be coming down the pike opponent previews are getting ready to come down the pike and in the next few weeks as well. Lots of stuff to talk about plenty more recruiting coverage as Tennessee may make some recruiting noise uh, this week as well. So we'll keep well, there's a tease. we'll keep tabs on all of that as Austin price always does for everybody in the world of recruiting. That's going to do it for this edition of the blue water climate control volquest.com podcast for Austin Price. Rob Lewis, I'm Brent Hubs. Thanks for joining us. Have a great rest of your Tuesday, everybody.